I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a comic book podcast hosted every week by your good pals, Andrew Levins and Siobhan Coombs. Hello. Where do we record at each week, Siobhan? We record it at King's Comics, the best comic book store in the world, which is a 310 Pitt Street in Sydney or online at kingscomics.com. And uh, usually when, we, when we're here in, in the, back, the back room, the offices of, uh, of King's Comics, uh, our good friend Lynn is uh, furiously taping orders to be sent <laughs> off by mail. And it sounds like we're just snorting lines of, of <laughs> copious amounts of drugs uh, throughout the entire episode. But uh, yeah, there'll be no snorting or, or, or ripping of tape this episode. Yeah, where's Lynn? Where is Lynn? King's... King's oh, bosses. Uh, Lynn got fired, everybody. <laughs> send send your commiserations to us. Uh, hashtag Lynn, justice for Lynn <laughs> uh, on our Twitter, which is so at serious underscore underscore issues. She'll be, she'll be so sad when she finds out she's dead. Um, <laughs> she's dead, Christ. <laughs> oh, wait. It's fired. fired. I mean, you this, might job, as well be this dead. job is everything to her. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we are the Serious Issues team, and what we do is we read all of the serious issues, those comic book issues that come out every single week. Mm-hmm. We begin each episode by uh, reviewing all the number ones that came out last week, and boy, howdy. There were a lot of number ones last week, Siobhan. Oh, there was just a lot of comics this week. You're exhausted. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like the 10th so yawn that I've I'm witnessed so been here in the last 10 minutes. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a yawny episode. Apologies. You're also going to hear the word immortal used a lot this week. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, I read a lot of comics that were about immortals this week. Oh, yeah, true. Absolutely. Um, starting with our first number one, which is uh, from Image. Image had a spectacular week this week. Yeah. In fact, uh, I read all my Image books first, and that kind of ruined the week for me. Because yeah, you can't do that. Everything paled in comparison. <laughs> all of the independent books this week were great. Uh, expect a long rant about superheroes at some mm. point from me in this. Mm. Uh, I'm not quite grumpy, but... Uh, He's reached. Levin's is reaching. Levin's is reaching peak peak superhero. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to kick off with a review of the Old Guard number one by uh, serious favorite. issues favorite uh, Greg Rucker, um, who wrote this book and uh, art by Leandro Fernandez, uh, who I know as a, uh, he was. On, I know he did some Queen and Country stuff. Greg oh, Rucker, okay. Rucker's run that I really need to read all of. Have you read much of that? No, it's great. Yeah, and uh, it kind of calls back to when. Greg Rucker was on Batman and Gotham Central, and his comics was, were quite straightforward. Mm. Nowadays, he's a much his comics are much wordier. And, but there's uh, there's some I think there's some commonalities with a lot of Greg Rucker's comics, which you can find in everything. It's this, he love he loves a strong woman. Yeah, he loves like a fucking badass shit talking lady with a gun and that kind of thing. So 
you're going to find all of those all of those things in this. I really enjoyed this comic. I, yeah. I thought it was like just like a pure, fun, action-y comic. It felt like Rocket channeling Warren Ellis a little bit. Yep, absolutely. Um, but uh, Really solid yeah. first issue with a really compelling hook um, and such great art. Like I think that um, Gareth, who works at King's, compared it to uh, Eduardo Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very, like, very similar... Similar vibe, similar use of shadow. Yeah, very very European too. Absolutely. Um, and uh, there's an unbelievable, just like the, the second page of this is, uh, so basically this is about uh, five immortals, people mm. who have been around since the existence of time, but now they are like a, a, a secret ops um, kind of team that take out big uh, big threats to, to society uh, mm-hmm. all over the world. Um, but they have been... You know, I guess the equivalent of secret ops working for different governments and organizations uh, since the dawn of time. I and mean, there's a be- beautiful page where we see each of them die at some point throughout history. So their mm. costumes change, they get killed by spears and different guns throughout time. And I just thought that with that panel, those, those, that collection of panels was phenomenal. Absolutely. Such an efficient way to get the point across. Yeah, um, this is like a, it's just a really straightforward book that I didn't think Rucker would ever really return to. It's also like quite. You know, Image is celebrating their 25th year, and this felt really throwback to Image writing a team, writing a book about like you know a team of 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 secret ops agents that are immortal. Like that feels like such a classic Image concept. Yeah, but with a very like it feels very contemporary still. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Not um, many pouches in this. No, not <laughs> enough pouches, in my opinion. Um, this is a terrific series. Um, if you thought. Um, you know that the hard sci-fi of um, of Lazarus was a bit too um, high concept mm-hmm. for you to kind of grasp, especially you know in those those early issues. It's, there's so much world building. This is like a pretty straight action comic uh, that that if you if you've missed Grucker's style of writing, you know if maybe Wonder Woman for, for some bizarre reason wasn't for you, mm. um, I would definitely give the old guard a shot. If Absolutely. you're if you're a Rucker fan or or a lapsed Rucker fan, this was awesome. Or just a fan of good comics, guys. That's right. There are a damn lot of good comics this week, but this was uh yeah this was this was a real highlight. And it really took me by surprise too because I saw the previews for it, and while I liked the art, the, the you know the previews for it in Image Plus and in the back of some Image issues recently, it didn't kind of it, it, it took something from like the last third of the story, which was like just straight action. And I was like, oh, this doesn't seem like the rocker I know and love mm. at all. And I wasn't sure if I was excited for it. The art looked great. Um, but uh, the, the, the build up, uh, the introduction of these characters that I, you know, I, I, we, don't, we know very little about now, but um, they're like, essentially they're immortals that are sick of being immortal. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I mean, yeah, you would be, wouldn't you? I don't know. I, I reckon I'd love it. Nah. <laughs> Let Death us know. Not come soon enough. Let us know. Um. I mean, I, I know Lynn would love it. <laughs> yeah. To, to immortally work at Kings Forever. If she wasn't dead. If she wasn't dead. <laughs> God, it's so Damn. sad. Um, okay, cool. I hope nothing happens to Lynn in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, another image book that uh, that came out this week. This is a uh, is it a re-release of a Kickstarter comic or is this the first issue of a? It's definitely a re-release. Um, I think he published it. It was published before through a different imprint. Not Image. I don't know who. I don't know what the publisher was originally. Um, this book is called Sun Bakery. And it is by Corey, um, Corey Lewis, who I really enjoy. He does... Um, what was that shark-based book that he did? Shark Knife? Shark, shark Knife. Knife. That sounds very appealing. We are yeah, big fans absolutely. of shark, shark... If this is the first episode for some reason, um, we're big fans of shark comics. As you'll, love, as, as you'll love a good shark comic. We're going to do a Shark Week episode, guys. <laughs> Sharks. <laughs> um, but so he's very like... Um, if you like sort of 
I feel like there's a school of like very anime influenced um, writers and artists working now, like Brandon Graham, um, and I think Corey Lewis really fits in with that. Like this is a this is a cool thing because it's something that I don't think we see very often, where it is a anthology, but it's just him. Yeah, so, so it's not it's, bringing yeah. in other creators. It's just three short stories. All by the same dude, and he he writes it, he draws it, and I think he does all the colors too. So the colors are amazing. Entirely done by him. Um, the stories are definitely channeling um, Brandon Graham. One of them has like a talking skateboard. Yep. One of them has a world in which uh, there are no guns, but everyone fights with swords, and swords are like magic. Um, One of them is a very clear sort of. Um Homage to the video game series Metroid. Yep, which is a, probably one of my, Super Metroid, one of my top five games of all time. So uh, I don't really play video games, so you I would love Metroid. Metroid's really great. Yeah, like actually, I, I, yeah, it seems actually, fine. Yeah, it seems fine. <laughs> all right, great. <laughs> it's Siobhan's favorite video, video game. Take everybody. too much time. <laughs> um, and then there's even like a a, a really cool, weird, weird kind of three pager at the end too, which was mm. great. Uh, every, I love this package. It's it's an homage to um, a, a manga series, uh, a manga anthology series called Shonen Jump, which mm-hmm. is uh, which, what introduced uh, a lot of people to Dragon Ball and Naruto and Death Note, some classic um, Japanese properties that are and m- most of those are going to be uh, mascots of the Tokyo Olympics. <laughs> so uh, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe something. Yeah. Be the best I can't wait till this Olympics. Are you more excited for Shark Week or the Tokyo Olympics? <laughs> that is a tough call. What if there was a shark related sport in the Olympic Games? I would, I would watch that. Me I would too. enter that sport. What if it was shark shooting though? Oh no! That's but what if the okay? What if the opposite? What if they train sharks to shoot? Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Someone turn that into a comic, please. Um, yeah, this is like, but this is uh, this is such a fun comic. It's such a breath of fresh air. Um, there's so much like detail in everything that he does. Everything is so. It's such a. Seems like such a pure sort of stream of consciousness, almost of his. Um, and there's so much fun world building, like this um, world where swords are the um, are the new weapon. Like guns, you know, bullets now disappear when people fire them, so guns don't work anymore. Um, so everyone has swords, and everyone has like special swords with like special features. And we get this like breakdown of the hero's um, the hero's sword, and you know, there's a there's a place for her to keep her deodorant. <laughs> there's a place for lighter yeah, fuel, and so great. it's a Wi-Fi connection. Like it's so good. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah, and it really embraced so many silly, silly, great things. Yeah, if you like, um, if you like Paul Pope, if you like Brandon Graham, a yep, bit, I two think great examples. They, uh, you would really, really love this book. Yep, this is a must. I, this, I mean, all God sure. But some bakery in particular, it's a must, a must own for all serious issues listeners. In my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. Um, this is the kind of book that we just, you know, we crave every week. Yeah, totally. And it's also the kind of book that ruins the rest of the week if you read it first. <laughs> I was very excited to finally read this and it didn't disappoint on any level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I'm looking forward to A Lifetime of Sun Bakery. Also, this fits very well with uh, alongside Headlopper too, I feel. Yeah, Another absolutely. series is his favorite. Similar vibe. Also an image book. Um, image also released one more number one this week. This is actually a one-shot by Gabrielle Hardman, who... Uh, you may be familiar with uh, if you are a reader of um, Invisible Republic, which is a book I've never gotten around to reading. Um, yeah, I don't even know what that is. Is that an image book? Yeah, it's ongoing. An image. Ah, uh, but he's done countless uh, great great amounts of work. He's mm-hmm. an in- incredible artist and he uh, a great writer as well. He basically, this was a book that he wrote to kind of give himself a break from uh, Invisible Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wrote and, He wrote and drew this one himself. Actually, did did it all colors as well very exciting uh this is a straight up horror book which i i, I read is very different to uh, what invisible republic is i think it's a sci-fi book right, okay. um and uh i really enjoyed this it's it's a almost like a cyclical you could kind of 
this you know this book big big ends as it begins yeah yeah i think um, maybe that's like i sort of I, I probably read through this too quickly and so i sort of got to the end and was like oh i didn't even realize that this was a one shot and also i feel like it just kind of uh, like it didn't like it just seemed like a, a bunch of stuff happening it wasn't like really strong tightly plotted right does that make sense as soon as i finished this i went back and i reread it again yeah and i loved it so much more the second time this is a, i don't know if you're a horror fan and i've been actually learning to appreciate like kind of classic horror comics a lot lately I, i'm a, such a massive fan of um a book that i'm, I'm such a fan of that i kind of remember the october faction um mm. <laughs> and this this was i don't know this kind of cited that that same kind of itch for kind of especially that it's a one shot like uh, the, the worst thing about horror comics is that you inevitably watch the grisly death of all the characters you come to care about yeah totally but this because this is a one shot you don't really form a connection with any of the characters you mm. just see this like maddening spiral of horrific events happen to a uh, uh, a plane full of passengers mm. who, who who narrowly escape their own death by after a plane crashes and then a, a bunch of horrible shit happens uh, yeah. I, I love this if you're a horror fan or a fan of Gabrielle Hardman absolutely pick this up um, it's called The Belfry. We didn't even say what it was called. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <The> <laughs> One shot called The Belfry. Um, great art. Spooky as hell. Yeah, great horror comic. Um, read it with the lights off. Oh, that seems Impossible. Difficult. Yeah, yeah. But I reckon you can I reckon you can do it, dear listeners. <laughs> I believe in you. Uh, so uh, we spoke about how great Image this was this week and how it really affected the rest of my comic book reading. Uh, let's re- review a superhero book right now. Number one, we read the, uh, the rebooth, Rebirth issue of it recently, which kind of is like a zero issue. But this is... Uh, uh, Steve Orlando and Ivan Reyes on uh, DC Universe Rebirth, number one of Justice League of America, the new team featuring Batman, the Ray, Black Canary, Vixen, Lobo, the Atom, and Killer Frost. And Siobhan. the Ray. Did you say the Ray? Uh, yeah, Ray? I said, oh, him, said him like a second. Um, I apologize. There are a lot of people in this team. Um, <laughs> I for this book was like fine whatever and unfortunately that yeah. was that's like my that's like I, I, this didn't I, I wasn't didn't hate it no it didn't it didn't make me actively angry but it was just fine which is not like that's not a really adequate review i guess it's sort of um but it's the most it's the most amount of emotion i could muster up about this which makes me disappointed because I did really enjoy most of the one-shot um, issues introducing us to these characters. Like, I'm so psyched to see Ryan Choi back. I think that Steve Orlando did a great job on the Killer Frost mini. Um, on the Killer Frost issue, the Vixen issue was even good. Um, and a lot of these characters I've never cared about before. Um, yeah. and I kind of They made me go like, oh, maybe this is going to work as a team. My biggest problem with superhero comic books at the moment, and this isn't a shot at DC, Marvel do it too. Yeah. Double shipping sucks. Yeah. And it makes it really hard. It makes it really hard, but also, like, I don't understand why when you have the... Like, no one seems to utilize... Actually, with the exception of Greg Rucker, I think Wonder Woman mm. is is, a, is one of the few examples of, of u- utilizing double shipping really well. Um, and also, Hickman did it really well when when you had Avengers and New Avengers shipping, double shipping each. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he kind of split it. Basically, when you split the stories up, you can use different artists so you don't tire out the same artists and suddenly have a random fill-in. Um, and I think, but I think the thing with those two creators is that like Hickman had been planning that Avengers run for like ten years, sure. and Rucker has had those Wonder Woman stories rattling around in his head for probably just as long. So they they they're so well prepared and they have so much plotted in advance that you can do that and have it work and churn those stories out at that rate. But it it really is it does 
make a lot of books suffer, I think. Well, I don't understand why when you know another issue is going to come out in two weeks' time, why would you rush this story so fast? Yeah. You don't, basically, the team is barely established. Um, yeah. Like, la- the last issue was them kind of putting it together and there being no, no kind of ominous threat. And then at the, the first page of this is, like, uh, Batman explaining to Vixen that, 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 like, you know, the regular Justice League team protects the Earth from up and up on high and and then people on Earth need to see a, a street-level uh, Justice League team that they can relate to and, and, mm. and so they can inspire, inspire themselves to be heroes. And I was like, oh, cool, it's going to be like a street-level kind of Justice League teams taking on kind of like nope. lower stakes thing. No, immediately Lord Havoc appears <laughs> out of a fucking dimension with a bunch of dumbass-looking bad guys. One of them looks like one of the uh, Dreadlock guys, like a cross between one of the Dreadlock guys from the second Matrix movie and <laughs> and uh, and what's the the guy who make, makes reality TV for Marvel? Um, the Mobo or something? Mo-bo- oh, God, I've got no clue. No, everyone knows. Mojo? Mojo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sorry, yeah, yeah. It looked, it looked I like thought you meant him. like in the real world. Oh no! <laughs> Although a Marvel, a Marvel television <laughs> reality show that would be terrible too, I guess. Stanley had one, didn't he? Did he? Something about Stanley's real heroes or some nonsense like that. Yeah, well, it was, Jim, Jim says, says it was it's awful. awful. <laughs> so trust in Jim. Um, yeah, so I mean, immediately, I don't know. I just feel like there was no, there's no depth to this book whatsoever. Yeah, and that's like the one benefit, I guess, from having these books come out so long as that like so so quickly is that you can build the you know delve into th- more facets of the story instead of just pushing the plot forward as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I don't I feel like there are very few books that are that are doing that and this one certainly doesn't. That's my but, main criticism of it. Yeah, and I think it's also like like the DC universe has some extremely compelling villains to work with. This is not one of them. We mm-hmm. like I'm done. I'm so bored of like big like scary explodey bad guys, evil supervillain teams like that are basically just like it's like what if the Justice League was evil? Well, but no, not done, th- yeah. but not even done that well. The most boring thing a supervillain can do. Yeah, I'm sure these guys have existed in the DC universe before, but they're still boring. Um, the most boring thing a supervillain can show up and do is want to destroy the world, and yes. that's closely followed by destroying the world with the intention of improving it. Yes. And that's what these dumbass supervillains do. It's boring. It's been done a million times. Make them rob a bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, just if you... <laughs> yeah, totally. If you're bringing, like, a new... I don't know. Like, this is this was just a disappointing first issue for me. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about Detective Comics later on. And even though I don't always, like, love what's going on in there, that's absolutely a book that knows how to deal with a team book yes. and bring on appropriate levels of threat and, and build the story up and hint at future plot lines. Like, that, that's absolutely yeah. one of the DC books. And so, same with Tom King's Batman run as well. There are, there are quite a few books that do utilize the double shipping quite well. I think Detective Comics might be the leader of that pack. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that later when we review the other superhero books and I'll complain a bunch more. Uh, so that was Justice League America number one. I'm almost inclined to say I don't want to read any more of this run. I'm going to give it one more issue. Okay. But I'm being very generous. Let's talk about a comic nice. that I loved. Yay! This is a nice comic. I liked this one a lot. But look at the cover. This is Heathen number one from a publisher I've never heard of before called Vault. And uh, look, that, that's on me. Maybe it's the best. Um, the cover... Sure they're very new. They're a very new... Publisher. But apparently they've been doing stuff for, for years, but they've been publishing through other people, and uh, this is them finally publishing mm. for themselves. Um, so the front cover is a scantily clad uh, woman with like a Valkyrie helmet and a horse, and it, and also when you when you when you pair that with the publisher that I've never heard of before, I think this is going to be a TNA comic. <laughs> See, I was really surprised that you said that because yes, this is a woman who technically, I mean, she's not that scantily clad; like she's wearing a sort of bikini top, I guess. But there's subtle things about this, and maybe it's because I'm so. Fun- 
finely attuned to scantily clad women on the covers <laughs> of comic books. But she doesn't have noticeable cleavage. Her stomach is like rounded. She looks kind of normal. She's in a casual pose. She doesn't, she's not sort of draped over something. Um, so I didn't have that immediate reaction. Also, Jim had been like saying to me all this week, oh my God, are you excited about reading Heathen? I'm really excited to read Heathen. Heathen's coming out this week. I'm really excited well, to read look, it. I, this is me glancing at it, kind of seeing this enormous pile. Like we, I read close to sixty books. Yeah, this it was week. a big week, guys. Um, and uh, you know, when you when you scan all the covers, you're like, okay, I'll leave this one till later. Like it yeah. looks dumb, whatever. Um, if I looked closely, I would have seen that. Uh, like at the very least, the colors on this one. Uh, she signed her name at the bottom, done by Tamara Bonvian, hmm. um, who I love. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Tess Fowler did the art. Uh, on the cover, and then uh, I opened the front cover straight away, and the artwork is phenomenal. Yeah, and this is this is written and illustrated by Natasha Al- Altarici, who I haven't heard of before, but goodness gracious, I'm excited to see what else she does. This is an entirely female team um, on uh, on writing, art, cover, letters, and colors. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Pretty great, and uh, it basically tells a story of a um, uh, a woman whose name is Adis. Mm-hmm. Um, who has kind of been like shunned from her community because she is gay. She is or- a female warrior and someone saw her smooching another woman and they went, okay, that's against our rules. You have to leave. And- but she's prepared. She's prepared to do that because she's been training as a warrior for her entire life. And uh, what has she been training for, Siobhan? She's been training to free a Valkyrie who, like our main character in this book, was shunned by the gods. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, this is basically like this kind of really awesome setup. It's it's it ties. It's pretty close to like Norse mythology. There's mm-hmm. even a character who may as well be Loki, yeah. Um, who another kind of trickster god. Uh, but this is just this fantastic setup for what could be this super fun epic. You know, we talk talk about comics. Uh, we talk about stories that we've read a hundred times that take on fresh kind of takes when you when you ca- cast different characters in them. And I thought this is a perfect example of that. Absolutely. This is like a totally um, original feeling comic. All the characters feel like our, our lead character feels very lived in and real. And it, I think the benefit of having an entirely female team really pays off here because there's there's no part of this that doesn't feel like like she's just a hero. She's just a hero. Her gender kind of doesn't matter in this, you know? Mm. Um, and I love this. And I love I love the core concept. I think it's so strong. I'm so geeked to read the rest of this. I yeah, heaps into it. Love it. No, there, there were, like for all my whinging of, of of some of the comics that we read this week, there were some spectacular issues. Absolutely, and this is a brilliant start to what I hope will be a fantastic series. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and also like the, there are some previews for some other books that Volta putting out. Um, one called Fisher, one called um, Karma Police, Powerless. These all look really good. Mm. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to Volt. Absolutely. I tell you what. Good job, Volt. Uh, IDW put out a couple of number ones this week. Um, did you read Darkness Visible by I Mike sure, Carey? I sure did. And um, Arvind Ethan David with art by uh, Brendan Cahill and colours by Johanna Lafuente. Um, I was in two minds with this one. I mostly liked it. Yeah, I mostly like this. So uh, this is about a father and, uh, he, and, and, and daughter living in a world where there are like monsters and demons who yeah. have kind of like... Uh, integrated into society and humans can choose to become a demon to pr- preserve their beauty for and their and and they can live forever essentially immortally if yeah. you, if you will um, <laughs> but you're still going to look like a nicky demon so are you really preserving your beauty and youth yeah and uh the father is a is a police officer 
he doesn't he doesn't trust those damn dirty demons but his daughter is more open-minded and is like hey dad look they might be good guys deep down we don't and, know and where does that kind of attitude get her um with her head caved in yeah Ugh. But she, she's all right at the end of this one, I think, maybe. No, well, she's in a coma or something. Well, it looks like she might be the hero. Oh, no, wait, no. The, who knows? <laughs> There's a lot going on in this one. I like Mike Carey. Yeah, same. I, I'm a big fan of The Unwritten. Um, I really enjoyed his run on Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not read anything besides those things, I think, by him. So uh, I'm, sure uh, I'm on board with this se- with this um, this series. He definitely knows how to uh, to build up a really epic story. Yep. Um, uh, and uh, his co-writer um, seems to kind of bring a, a new level to to this story that I've not read from Mike Carey before. So, yeah. Yeah, heaps like this. Heaps liked it. I mean, heaps is maybe a strong word. But I really I, I enjoyed this. This was a good first issue. I'm keen to check out the rest. And uh, he's no stranger to writing about demons. Obviously, I mentioned Hellblazer, but he mm-hmm. also is uh, most famous, I think, for doing that very long and beloved run on Lucifer. Oh, yeah. Have you not read Lucifer? I've got it all. I've just oh, not read man. it yet. It's excellent. Lucifer's okay. really good. So that's it. All right. So Darkness Visible gets another thumbs up from the Serious Issues team. Great job. Uh, put that on your cover. IDW. <laughs> I was going to give a shout out to IDW for releasing. I think like next week they have a phenomenal week. Uh, there is a um, an Italian, I think it's Italian, very extremely European looking car, um, comic called Animal Noir. Oh yeah, which is like a like just like the most incredible. It looks like a very Siobhan comic. It does. Doesn't Beautiful it? colors, crazy art, um, and and anthropomorphic character. Oh no, you you're you're against anthropomorphic characters, right? I mean, with with. The- I'm all for With them. Notable exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> but it's giraffe detectives, hippo mob members, prey obsessed lions, street fighting elephants, and oppressed zebras on the hunt in this wild take on crime. Sounds great. Then there's another book called Cosmic Scoundrels. Oh, yeah. Starting next week, um, which is a space faring, spide splitting romp from Matt Champ- Champ- Chapman, the creator of Homestar Runner. Do you remember Homestar Runner? No. The web, the web like series that uh, it was like a. You know, like strong bad emails. Did you? You're no. too young. You're too young. Everybody who had the internet 15 years ago, give me a high five. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a it's a co-created by Matt Chapman and then Andy Siriano, who is the other guy, the other half of Samurai Jack. Oh, sick! Um, I do like we, Samurai Jack, we, and we loved what the other dude um, from Europe did. Uh, the, the, yeah, Jerry, whatever, whatever it is, Tartakovsky, yes. um, who did uh, the Cage Run. This mm-hmm. looks like another really fun thing from that from that guy. Um, from the sort of same team as uh, Samurai Jack, and finally um, there is an annual, a Judge Dread annual. Mm-hmm. I've not read any of the IDW Judge Dread stuff, so I can't tell you how, if it's good quality or not. But this looks incredible. The annual is by the same creative team as one of our favorite comics called Motro. And also at the top of this, I've just noticed it says the next chapter of Ulysses Farinas uh, um, and the whole team's epic begins here so have they been working on judge dread at we, the IDW? And we, i didn't know that are we fucking morons are we on? idiots i think we might be <laughs> we might be uh, maybe we should go back and read that because yeah, uh Ulysses Ferenis and uh eric freitas are the best yeah killing it killing it i'm, I'm gonna review motor number four later on in this episode let me just tell you i loved it yeah prepare for that uh idw also put out um a uh, another number one this week highlander the american dream they love a good licensed comic, guys. Um, there is like this weird expectation on us since uh, we started this podcast that we not only read all the comics, but also that we saw every movie that came out in the 80s. Yeah, Jim gets really mad at me every time I haven't seen a movie. And he's been like taking it upon himself to educate me. But I still haven't seen Highlander. Haven't seen Highlander. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, So th- this made no sense to me. I got about halfway through and I was like, I'm bored. I'm even in a worse spot where, because I definitely have
have seen Highlander, but I probably saw it like on free-to-air television with a bunch of ads when I was in like, you know, early high school. All I remember is the sword and there can be only one. I guess that's kind of all you need to remember. Uh, This book, actually, I I did not dislike the first half of it in which we see, catch up with the two characters, the... The Monk and the Highlander, I remember that much, uh, in kind of present day. Um, this is set after the movie. And that kind of, all the present day stuff was great. And then for no reason at all, they go back to the first time they met. And I don't give a fuck about that. Mm. And But that was like the bulk of this comic. So, um, But the front cover of the next issue is like present day again. So uh, who knows what they're doing with this comic. I'm probably not going to read another issue. And the but- front cover of this issue is by uh, Frank Avia. So yeah. it looks way cooler than the interiors actually are. Although for an IDW licensed book, I thought the uh, the art by Andrea Muti was actually pretty good, pretty competent, good art. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, are you making fun of me for saying Muti? Uh, Would you have said Muti? Yes. I don't know. Oh wait, mu- yep, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> mut means something rude in Australia sometimes, guys. Yep, it means front bum. It means front bum. Um, so we move I reintroduced now. it to Kings like about a year ago. Mut or front bum? Um, mut. Mut's just like actually the worst way to say it's vagina. It's so disgusting, in the world. guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Um, it's also like yeah, if you like a uh, uh, Dick Darcy's companion, if you mispronounce his name, oh yeah, very funny, very stuff. very funny, very funny for Australians. You know what else is very funny this week, Siobhan? What was very great funny? segues? Uh, bedtime stories for impressionable children. This came out through American Mythology Productions Number One. Uh, it was by a, uh, a bunch of creators who I've not heard of before. We had Jim Shooter, Joe James, James Nelms, Marshall Dillon. What's that? Jim, Jim Shooter. Are you Jim Shooter, Jim? Oh, okay. Well, so apparently Jim Shooter apparently Valiant. created Valiant Universe. We, we, the original Valiant Universe. There you go. The, the one that we've, I've never read a, a moment of. <laughs> um, we've also got JC Vaughan, Gene Gonzalez, and uh, Michael C. Malbra. Um, this is an anthology comic about this, like, like, like useless guy who for some reason is in charge of a daycare. His name is Del Vecchio. <laughs> and uh, he starts telling the kids at the daycare these crap stories about murder and uh like you know just like horrible nightmare stories that are kind of weirdly funny and there's almost a moral in them somehow yeah like- it's sort of like this uh, like a weird twilight zone almost but the kind of thing keeping the stories together is this weird old sweaty man telling a bunch of kids the stories the not art- in a sinister way. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. He's just like he's just like, oh well, yeah, I've got to keep you guys occupied somehow. And then it ends with him going like, oh, you thought today was bad? It's only our first day. We have the whole school year to go, and like, all the kids are crying. Uh, I, I kind of loved this. Yeah, this was great. This was just like some weird black and white. Um, so many people don't like black and white comics. I've discovered this yeah. week on our Facebook page. On, so our, silly face- on our Facebook group, there are, there's a, 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 a movement of people who are anti black and white comics. So right? they're anti all manga. It's so funny. It's um, so silly, guys. If you want to, if you want to yell at those people, feel free to come and join us over at <laughs> facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/seriousissuespodcast. But we anyway, love- there are three. Sorry, there are three really funny, um, really good. I enjoyed all of these little mini. Um, mini stories really yeah, good fun me too this is like real silly real fun the art on most of these stories was awesome too mm-hmm. particularly loved um, Joe James's art like real pencilly art in the first story yeah in which a guy a kid gets given an axe to kill his family with <laughs> the axe that Lizzie Borden killed yeah. um, killed with <laughs> very very dark and weird um, so yeah uh, that was a pretty good number one that I'll probably mm-hmm. read I'll, if I remember to pick it up oh. um, the, number two of um, oh shit yeah Marvel put out a number one this week too um, should we talk about it? Yeah, might as well. <laughs> Electra, number one. Who is the creative team on this one? The creative Siobhan? team on this. Oh, gosh. 
Someone Owens. Uh, where have they put that? Rick page? Owens. <laughs> Matt Owens with art by Juan Cabal. That's good. Um, I really like the art on this. And this ties into the kind of, you know, the Daredevil, like, legion of number ones that, that uh, Marvel are doing that kind of tie in and kind of update the characters to be more in line with the Daredevil TV series, which mm-hmm. is is or isn't a good thing, depending on what you think of it. Like all things in this world. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this comic uh, is uh, was actually like not what I expected from an Electra comic. Um, we, we kind of see her in a Vegas casino talking to a girl um, that we that, that's working a bar. She discovers that the girl's been punched by a dodgy dude. Um, and uh, halfway through the comic, Electra suddenly takes off her blonde wig, puts on her red costume, kills a bunch of rotten dudes. And then she realizes that actually this casino is being run by... Your favorite X Men villain and mine, Arcade. He's not even an X Men villain at all. Is he's he not a P- an Arcade? He- Isn't he an X Men villain? I think he was like yeah. Scott, Scott Rouse. I said, I said any more because he's a P- oh, okay, he's, yeah. he, like, since Avengers Arena, in which he was the main bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he's 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 been up appearing in a lot more comics than he used to be. Um, in fact, since we started the podcast, I worked out that he's appeared in Hellcat, in USA Avengers, and in Gwenpool. Well, I love Arcade. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm just <laughs> saying. Arcade. Uh, but I think this is the best version. Like, this is the most successful use of Arcade in um, any of those comics. More so than argue. Avengers Arena? Uh, no, but <laughs> the ones you just mentioned. <laughs> right, yeah, of course, definitely. Uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, it's going to be um, Arcade versus Electra um, in really some liked this. weird Vegas uh, kind of weird simulation fantasy game. Game oh my god, I just noticed, sorry. Um, because the art's very, I would say, like Jamie McKelvey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just noticed in the background there's a movie poster that's Tom Selleck is Craven in Craven the Musical. Oh, that's great. That's the best thing ever. <laughs> I would watch that movie. I Back- would I would fund that movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also loved that uh, that all of um, Arcade's henchmen, all everyone working, all the men working in this uh, casino, that most of them die, all have uh, haircuts that you would associate with someone. Uh, from the alt-right movement. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it uh, looks like these guys are all going to uh, suffer painful deaths. <laughs> Woo! I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Very I really exciting. enjoyed this issue. I think that was a really solid first issue. Yeah, me too. Really good fun. Um, I, I'm on board for pretty much all of these Daredevil comics. That yeah, totally. Having, except Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you didn't love Bullseye. But, I didn't love Bullseye. But we both loved King- Kingpin. Yeah, Kingpin was great. Uh, so yeah, that's a, another notch for uh, for this weird Daredevil thing for election number one. Yeah, nice. Um, back to uh, 80s movies that I can't remember, and we have The Power of the Dark Crystal by um, Simon Spurrier, who we are both big fans of, um, and Kelly and Nicole Matthews on art. Uh, have you seen The Dark Crystal? Yeah, I have. Um, me too, except again... But in the same, again, like, I can't heaps remember what, what happens. Yeah, it. and it's like, you know, I, I, we've read comics based on, like, The Lost Boys, on Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. on Escape from New York. Um, there's been a whole bunch of 80s movies that have been given kind of new life through comics, Obviously, if you are an ardent fan of, of these the franchises, which a lot of people are, then it, it come these things come naturally to you. Yeah. Un- until we get like a Home Alone comic, <laughs> I won't ever feel that same joy that these massive fans have. <laughs> a Home Alone or a Die Hard comic? Uh, maybe I think I, yeah. We've had a Die Hard comic apparently. Well, I'm an idiot. We've established this. Um, um, but having like like being not the world's biggest Dark Crystal fan, I still really enjoyed this issue. The art was really lovely. The colors are really nice. And I think it did a really solid job of um, introing you to this universe and setting up what's happening because this is just like a straight sequel set of like a hundred years after the, um, the movie. 
Jim it, says oh, it was supposed to be the second film. There you go. Jim's full of useful information today. For once. Jim isn't like some weird Oracle character that we have <laughs> like in, in our earpieces while we record. Oh, actually, he, he is. He kind of is, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he works at King's. Or, or he don't, except when we record. He definitely doesn't work while we record. <laughs> Just listens. Gives us sage advice. Uh, are you going to continue with this series, Siobhan? Yeah, I am. I really enjoyed that. Um, maybe I should watch the movie again first because I felt no connection to this whatsoever. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I have read Rough Riders, Riders on the Storm, um, oh, which is an Aftershock book. I didn't realize it was like the sequel to the original Rough Riders series. Also, there's another Rough Riders series starting this week. Through Aftershock. What is Rough Riders? Uh, it's a one shot, apparently. Um, but Rough Riders is a uh, like a, a crack team of historical figures assembled by Theodore Roosevelt. That includes Annie Oakley, Thomas Edison, Jack Johnson, Harry Houdini, and Monk Eastman. Oh, that does actually sound like something I would like. So it is like somewhere between like um, uh, League of <laughs> Extraordinary Gentlemen and uh, what's that one? Manifest Destiny. I yeah, guess that yeah, rewriting yeah. American history. It's really fun. Theodore Roosevelt is like a crazy prick <laughs> who at one point breaks an almond open with someone's head. So a walnut open with someone's head. Uh, this like, you know, I, I was, I wasn't actually lost in this considering I haven't read any of it before, but it definitely made me want to go back and read the original Rough Riders series. Well, that's great. Um, I was very disappointed that it wasn't about Jadakus and um, other New York rappers that made up the R-U-F-F-R-Y-D-E-R-S Rough Riders uh, from the nineties. That would be a very different comic book. DMX. Um, DMX is now exclusively featured in previews for superhero movies. So he does have a connection to, to comics for sure. Um, finally, the last number one I read this week was uh, The Visitor, How and Why He Stayed uh, through Dark Horse from the pages of Hellboy. Uh, Mike Mignola may have left the, um, the Hellboy universe, um, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't put his name on a Hellboy-related comic every single fucking week. He loves it. Um, this one was, I think, I think he kind of like maybe signs off on the general idea of these books, but it was written by Chris Robinson um, with art by Paul Grist. Um, Paul Grist's art is somewhere between um, my, my, Mike Mignola and Mike Allred. Oh, cool. And this is an amazing story that goes back to like when Hellboy was first discovered um, and... Basically, there's a visitor from another Earth who takes the form of a human on Earth and is pretty much like the Watcher in Hellboy's life who reports back to aliens. He's, meant, he's sent to destroy Hellboy, but instead he just watches to see the, the man that Hellboy becomes. This is really cool. That seems fun. That and sounds great. I, and normally I've kind of picked up these kind of like bonus kind of Hellboy stories and been like, ugh, you know, I'm not going to read the rest of this, but I really love this, especially the art. And um, this is actually a really captivating story, so I'm mm. never going to read all of this one, which is exciting. It's nice. The Visitor, How and Why He Stayed. Highly recommended for fans of uh, Hellboy, especially if you've only, you know, dipped your toes in mainly maybe like some of the main Hellboy stories and not much else. You could definitely pick this up and enjoy it. Nice. So those are our number ones for the week. First things first is over. Now it's time for us to play our most beloved segment in which we flip a coin for Marvel or DC. Um, so it's flip a coin to see which uh, which company I complain about more in the next <laughs> half hour. Uh, Siobhan, which is heads, which is tails? Uh, Marvelous heads. Okay. It's Tails. Tails. DC first. Nice. Um, so the problem with... I, I, I now find it very important that I the first things I read through... I, obviously, I'll have my favorites and I'll be like, okay, I've got to read Wonder Woman straight away. I've got to read... Um, I always like read the event books straight away for some reason because I know yeah. they're like, quite mindless and quick. Yep. Um, but uh, I, I really try and prioritize that I read all the independent stuff first because th- if I leave that too late, like I, you can rush through a superhero comic and get the gist of it, mm. but rushing through an indie comic 
you miss out on so much important stuff and like totally. those things should be read in your own time. Uh, so I, re- I prioritized them and then I just had this glut, this enormous pile of superhero comics <laughs> and I was just like, oh man, this is going to be hard. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, this is like the most obvious thing in the world to say, but like when you're, when you're reading an independent comic where they're playing with their own characters or they're playing with characters that aren't as established as the superheroes that you read in DC and Marvel, you know, they can do so many more permanent things with the story and you know that, like, once you finish this particular story, that might be the last time you visit that world. Mm. And there's something so much more powerful about that. You know, we've been doing this show. We haven't been doing this show for a year. And I've kind of just been like, I, I kind of don't really care what happens in some of these superhero runs because I know that in a few months from now, like, you know, a reset button will be hit or something will be retconned and life will go on. Yeah, I think that's a pretty, like, I think anyone who has been working in a comic book store for enough time can attest that that's a that's a pretty familiar feeling you get a little bit of um superhero fatigue because it is all really cyclical and the most you can hope for like you're never like you're never gonna there's never gonna be any real change yes you know the best you can hope for is like a great arc and that's that's what you're looking for and that's why like there are a lot of people complain about what marvel do now and that's you know release essentially these mini series we have a lot of people complaining about my, my thoughts on this in the group but I do like that they will put out shorter runs of books because it allows the creator to tell a story that has some form of form of finale instead of just pushing through and milking more and more stories out, out of out of a run. Yeah, well, this is why, like you sometimes um, have a go at me for not ever finishing a superhero run, but I find that most of the time you don't need to, and all of the good ideas have been <laughs> used up at the beginning, and they're not really going to have a satisfying ending because you can't. So I'm totally okay with dropping off things like an absolute jerk. So all that said, I actually quite enjoyed what I read from DC this week. It was a good week um, from DC. And after just complaining that, uh, you know, just saying that that things don't necessarily have to go to massive numbers, I'm going to say that my my favorite book this week from DC was uh, uh, Detective Comics number 951. And there are like, there there are instances in which like certain writers are much better at using that history to their advantage and, you know, making something of that. Yeah. Like we both, Um, we both have runs that are more than 50 issues that we love and we're recommend Absolutely. to everyone you know from, from from both both big publishers and there's even writers who can just use what's come before them in clever and new and interesting ways like greg rucker or grant morrison or mark wade or yeah anyone who wrote 52 yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, let's let's review batman detective comics um, a, a little disclaimer we didn't actually get um astro city number 41 shipping to kings this week which was the uh officially the 100th issue of astro city oh, goodness. and i was very excited to read that but um uh, so hopefully, I think it's coming in this week, so I'll be able to review that next week. But uh, Detective Comics number 951, League of Shadows Part 1, written by James Tinney and the Fourth, with um, art by someone whose last name is Deuce, <laughs> or <laughs> nice. Duce. Um, he, they always put the credits at the end. Uh, it was written, drawn by Christian du- Duce. Did you say Duce or Deuce? No, no, no. Let's say Deuce. You decide, listeners. Um, so uh, this book is, you know, it's just more of the, you know, the, the, the team that we've come to love, mm-hmm. the ragtag bunch of uh, of Batman's little little heroes. Uh, <laughs> but just like to immediately compare this to the first Batman and his little heroes book that we reviewed on this uh, episode, the um, Justice League of America number one. Mm. It just works so much better. They use Batman really so does. much better, and like he just has a, a much clearer idea of why all these characters work or don't work together absolutely um and also he just chooses such appropriate threats that are still mired in like the batman like i I find it so funny that the book that you know has like obviously a much smaller pool of bad guys to choose from 
just picks such more compelling villains. You know, mm. they're all they're all linked to Batman or the Bat Bat family, but uh, it, it, they're, they're so good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I've never really enjoyed Lady Shiva as a bad guy. I, I do like Lady Shiva. I just which means I haven't read the right story featuring her. She just yeah. kind of you know when you read. When you read a run that like, ooh, here comes Lady Shiva, and you're like, who's that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the run clearly knows how, what an important villain this is, but I just don't. Yeah, 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 um, totally. Uh, but I thought she was used pretty effectively here. Um, someone that kind of disappears into the shadows after doing her bad deeds, killing the people that she kills. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a lot going on here, and it allows, you know, it gives you quite heavy moments of, you know, the, the Bat family getting angry at Batman and angry at themselves, but then it allows them to have like these funny moments of laughter and caring mm. for each other too, which is what these team books definitely should do. Absolutely. And like, this is such a good book. Um, you know, I got a real wave of nostalgia because there is that element of like Gotham being a character yes. in this book more than maybe the other Batman book, mm. um, which I, which I really always enjoy and appreciate. I should uh, also let you know that I saw the Lego Batman movie yesterday. Oh, yeah. And uh, Gotham is used in a great, great way. Oh, like, nice. if, if, if anything, the one the one thing that, like, you know, it's a pretty great movie. I'm going to review it in depth on uh, Hey Fam this week, my other podcast. Lovely. Um, but uh, it utilizes Gotham and, and how many, and, and essentially Batman's rogues gallery. Just like, you know, there's always 20 villains on screen. It's a celebration yeah. of all things Batman, as as this detective run is too. Um, James Steen IV is a, is a treasure. Absolutely. I'm going to review one of the other books it. later in this in this episode that I've forgotten about and then caught up on recently. Backstages. Oh, nice. There's only one more issue of that left. Um, but uh, when the you know when, when the what could be Joker serum shows up in this, it's yeah. so great. There. It's a genuine moment of fear. It's like oh shit, it's the fucking Joker. Oh Christ. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I big big thumbs up from this this run, which has just been like a really constantly good book since rebirth. Absolutely agreed. Really good fun. Um, what do you want to talk about next? Um, well, just because it's the pot, top of both of our piles, should we talk about Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps? Okay, I'll tell you. You know what I love about this book? What? Guy motherfucking Gardner. Hell yeah. You know what else? You know what I don't love about this book? Everything else? Pretty much everything else. <laughs> you but- know what I loved is that Guy Gardner started wearing his leather jacket with yep. a big G on it again. Yeah. Very, very cool. What was his name when he was that again? Uh Warrior. Yeah. Guy Gardner and Warrior. That was a great, that was a real stupid run. That was amazing. I loved it. And, when he, and then when he, when he runs a bar for a while, it was the best. Oh my God, yes. That Guy, was amazing. Guy Gardner's the best. Guy Gardner's the best, guys. Uh, and, and he, yeah, in spite of the, most of this story being like, you know, multicolored dreck. Uh, yeah. The bit that I liked is the way they're sort of setting it up for it to be a space cop yes. series. Yes. And you know what? This, this definitely called in, you know, if I don't like the one issue, I'll love the next issue. Yeah. And this is definitely a series that utilizes double shipping quite well. Yeah. So this is like Jon Stewart is um, pairing off uh, Green Lanterns with Yellow Lanterns to go off on special special little space cop missions. Um, and that's going to be – I think that'll be fun when we get to actually see that. But all this stuff with like Hal and Kyle and the Blue Lanterns and blah, 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 that was all a bit boring. And Hope. Yeah. Hope's boring, everybody. Boring, guys. <laughs> it's the lamest emotion. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Like, you know, it, it's still fine, this book. And the art's really, really good. It is, definitely. Ethan Van Skyler, like, of course so, he is. So great. It's actually that, so, it's so great that he's still on this book. Yeah. I feel like he's not been on... Like, has, has he missed... If he, if he has missed issues of this, I haven't noticed. They must have a, a, a very good backup artist. Yeah, I actually have no idea. 
Um, over to the Flash now. Rogues Reloaded comes to an end. Uh, this little ser- um, issue, little mini that uh, mini. So this this arc that's been being told by uh, Joshua Williamson, with art by Kamandi uh, Jean Domenico and uh, fill-ins, unfortunately, from David Gian Felice and uh, Neil Gouge. Um, that's a good last name. Uh, yeah, but um, when like I love. Dijon Domenico, mm. um, his art on this is so great. He's one of the few artists that can do, like draw Flash's stupid costume, yeah. you know, with the dumb lightning stuff and make it look kind of okay. Um, but I just thought this one was another example of like... It's hard to wrap up a superhero story arc, guys. Especially when it comes out every fortnight. Yeah. I know mean, there was just kind of... And th- I get that like, you know, maybe that's what he wants you to think that it that it has, has wrapped up when it definitely hasn't, but, you know, there's a surprise at the end. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I love the Rogues more than I love Flash. And so I was so excited to see them all team up together. And Captain Cold had a big moment. Um, and, and also, like, you know, reusing ideas that were introduced um, early on in this run really well with the um, technology from that, was it Black Hole or whatever that that, that, co- that corporation was. Yeah. Um, I think my main problem with this, because I, I, like, I think that, you know, like, yes, it wrapped up the rogue stuff a little bit too neatly, but I like where this is leading into, like, the, the sort of end reveal of what the rogues are going to do next. Yes. Was pretty cool. I just find this version of Barry shockingly dull. Well, because it should be Wally. Yeah. Instead, Wally is in an unreadable Teen Titans, in right, unreadable <laughs> Titans book. Oh, sorry. Unlookable. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, yeah, the writing is fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, I find him just like, like he's, I, I don't know, even know what to say about Barry in this because he's just a wet he's blanket just of a, a dude. He's just a nice dude that. Everyone likes, and he's a little bit late sometimes, but that's about it. Yeah. He's just a bit... I don't really know. Yeah. Nothing to hold on to. Um, Good Captain Cold, though. Good Captain Cold. He must be a fun character to write. Yeah. you got to imagine. Um, Commandy Challenge number two, um, which is uh, the super fun and super goofy celebration of Jack Kirby 100 years after his birth, I think. That's what this is celebrating. Oh, really? If he was alive, Jack Kirby would be 100 today. Yeah. Um, Imagine imagine that world. uh, And so different uh, DC creatives... uh, 
basically use Commandy, the last boy on Earth, uh, in a, in a story that with a massive cliffhanger, and then it's up to a new creative team to solve the cliff- cliffhanger. And so this time we have uh, Peter Tomasi and Neil Adams teaming up. Um, and uh, I quite like the Neil Adams art on this. Yeah, I know. Neil Adams is like just one of the most bonkers people still alive and working in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of his like previous work, like that Batman series... Batman Odyssey a couple of years ago. Batman Odyssey was like pretty unreadable and pretty like visually impossible to read as well. Um, But I think he nails it. And man, Tomasi's a really good writer, and I think he really knocked this out of the park. We just captured what reading a you know a Kirby era book was was like. You know, you have you have like the you know uh, Commandy kind of announcing his every thought as he does things, but it wasn't annoying. It was just like, oh, I see what he's trying to do, and. Um, the, there are manhunters in this book, and there's talking apes with guns. Uh, Every wacky Neil Adams face that you could possibly imagine. Yeah, there's some good stuff, um, and hilarious Neil Adams muscles too. Yeah, I loved it. Um, yeah, this was just just really silly fun, and definitely in the spirit of all things Kirby. Absolutely. And so uh, next month we have um, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Which is exciting. I mean, not really that exciting on paper because those two work together all the time. Hmm. But I think Amanda Connor is drawing the entire issue Shut by herself. Shut the front door. So is we, she really? We very rarely get that. I could be wrong. But it looks like next month for a thrilling new chapter by Palmiotti and Connor. Oh, God. I really hope it is because she just does covers these days. And Amanda Connor is one of my... I love Amanda Connor. Like, we're doing her... Um, uh, the run that they did on Power Girl for the next Queens oh, of Kings. I love so that's that. one of my all-time favorites. She's so great at like really silly, really cheesecakey fun, and that was um, that was something I loved when I first started working at Kings. I think. Yeah, this is gonna be a fun book to review each month. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, heaps of fun. Uh, you know what else is really fun and uh, just proves that Mariko Tamaki is one of the best writers of female superheroes today. Even though I've only read two of her things. Yeah, she's um, she's a gem. Supergirl being super. Um, by Mariko Tamaki and uh, Joelle Jones. Um, From Lady Killer. Which is being delayed so she can write this, draw this. this is like, I guess. But she's doing such a great job on this. I did love Lady Killer, though. Yeah, um, Lady Killer will be back. <laughs> Just, you know, it's, it's, it's in the middle of a story. I want to know. I don't know. I want to know which old person she kills next. But she's so good at action. She is. Um, this is a, a mini series. It's essentially like an Elseworlds book, right down mm-hmm. to the um, prestige format mm-hmm. uh, of uh, of Supergirl, um, kind of just being a high school student and and dealing with becoming a teenager and having this weird distance uh, from her parents, and a horrible tragedy falls on her school and she can't save her best friend because her powers are wigging out. And, and this uh, is this is a universe in which, um, as far as we know, Superman doesn't exist. Yeah. We haven't seen any other superheroes. So she has no idea no what precedent the sim- for yeah. her powers. She has no idea what the symbol, the S symbol means. Yeah. Um, uh, and she doesn't have, like, uh, so far, because the, the traditional Supergirl story is that, you know, she was in the, she was in her pod until she emerged as a fully-fledged sexy teen. Yeah. And, um, she used had- to be... Cl- uh, uh, Connell, what's what was it? What's uh, what's Superman's real name? Carlyle. Carlyle. Yep. She's Carlyle's DJ Carled. Um, but she in this she doesn't have like in traditionally she knows all of her Kryptonian history and heritage, and in this she doesn't. But she might be starting to get sort of flashes of of Kryptonian knowledge. Um, um I love this so much. I think it's so. It's good to the point so where good. they should just make this the canon Supergirl book. Yeah, totally. But like, yeah, that kind of doesn't work. 
Cause or at the very least, let this be an ongoing somehow. Because I, I have a bad feeling that the next issue might be the last one because the Dead Man book that was the similar format to this was only three issues too. Uh, I'm still okay with that. You know, if we get three perfect issues of that, I'm totally happy because right. I think that they're absolutely knocking this out of the park. Joel Jones just brings so much life and personality to every single panel everyone looks real the the clothes are real the um She's... you know relationship between supergirl's dad and herself is seems really real the friendships come across as really real and um, She's like relatable top 5 artists working at the moment for me at this point yeah yeah i love her like I couldn't possibly make start to make a list like that. But, um, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm great at making it. calls that I'll, yeah. I'll just repeat for the next 10 weeks until I say 10, 10 completely separate artists that are all in my top five. Um, yeah, I, I think this is just a phenomenal book. And uh, I, I'm so impressed by Mariko Tamaki, who I, I need to go back and read her creator-owned stuff because yeah, you really she do. handles such heavy themes um, in both this book and Hulk. We'll, we'll review but with such a like such a light deft touch absolutely like it's and it's and it's not like you know like you know normally when you think of oh heavy themes in a dc book or, or a marvel book it's like oh god here we go yeah um but it's, it's, it's yeah it's just so well done you have to read um this one summer which i think she did with her sister jillian i okay. could be totally wrong about their relation to each other but um such a beautiful beautiful standalone graphic novel about sort of growing up as a teenage girl Great. Um, just about one one summer, and you know, I I loved it, and I gave it to my teenage sister, and she loved it just as much. So I think it's it's a really special book, and it's so cool to see her working on properties like this because she's doing such a great job. Also, she is capable of writing female superheroes that their go to emotion isn't sassy. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, her, and um, we'll talk about her later. Pamela Ribon, she, yep. who wrote Slam. Right, oh, Slam okay, yep. are two, two, two writers that I think should be utilized to write someone like Captain Marvel. Yeah. That, that need to have the same pathos that we give, uh, that we give you know, our Iron Mans, etc. Check. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Supergirl being super, another must pick up. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really great, really great book. Um, finally, from DC this week. Oh, finally, for you, I've got tons more than All you. All right, review these others here. You're, you're uh, three, four, five. <laughs> Deathstroke. I really want to talk to someone else about this who reads it because I, I, I might catch up on it all. It's confusing to me. Like, still the 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 pacing and the plotting. I wish it was like one percent clearer because I'm clearly just a, an <laughs> idiot who can't read it properly. Um, but the art's great. I love all the stuff with the um, his family. I love the in the bringing back of um, Joey Jericho, and we see a little flashback to his um, original costume, which is very fun for me. There is also man, oh man. Deathstroke is a nasty. He is not a good guy. <laughs> he is not a nice guy, everyone. Because beyond just like being a sort of paid assassin, he also it appears is stooping his um, stooping <laughs> his his son's fiance. Heavy, <laughs> heavy Deathstroke. Not a good guy. Um, I also read Teen Titans. You're not reading Teen Titans anymore. Uh, I, I will. I just uh, like I, just I said, there time. was an enormous there pile. Was a lot. Um, so this is I, the. Don't worry, everyone. I bet I read way more creator-owned real comics than Siobhan did. No this way. Week. I read tons. We're gonna fight later. It's gonna be um, amazing. <laughs> this. Uh, so this wraps up the Rachel Gould, um sort of get getting the team together. Oh, good because I was. This is getting. This, the reason I didn't read it was because this is getting. This is t- getting tiring to me. Yeah, yeah. No, they wrapped it up really nicely. There's a. Um, it, it felt like a very, very classic. 
sort of Teen Titans book to me because it has a bit at the end where, you know, Damien talks to Batman about how, you know, he's getting older and he needs his own space where he can be with his friends. And it leads to them reopening Titans Tower in San Francisco, which is totally classic and totally excellent. And I'm heaps into. Mm. I really enjoy that. I like this team. I think they're doing a good job. Sweet. Um, I also read um, the latest issue of Hope Larson's Batgirl with art by Chris Wildgoose again. This is the this is mostly the story about Batgirl dating Penguin's illegitimate son. There you go. Lovely. Is Penguin's illegitimate son a cuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the episode, by the way. <laughs> I mean, he maybe. Because he, he, he has an alt-right haircut too. Yeah, he does. And he seems like he's, he's a sort of tech bro. Uh, like, this is the sort of insistence on inserting the kind of real world into this. Like, it's all apps and it's all you know, Silicon Valley tech bros and stuff like that. Cucks. Um, and cucks, obviously. <laughs> it's the worst um, word. It's the worst. And I hate It's a really horrible I, word. It's really horrible. And I, I, I've re- heard, it, like, heard it said and read it by so many terrible people yeah. who are on Reddit. Yeah, um, And uh, now it's, I always, it's, it's that, that Beastie Boys thing, you know, when they like, put out like the fight for your right to party. Yeah, yeah. That was like personas that they gave themselves as a joke and then yeah. they became that joke. Yeah. And then they had to distance themselves and become Buddhist because they were so <laughs> like anti that. I feel like that's what's happening with me and the word cuck. That's I good. find it I'm so glad. funny. Like it's the dumbest so, word. Wait, so are you becoming a cuck because of that? I mean, sure. Or are you becoming just someone, no, who, someone uses who uses the someone, word? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like shave most of my head at some oh, point God. soon. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, imagine what you would look like bald. That would be unbelievable. Um, the main, th- like one of the issues I have with this, with this comic is that like, I feel like, I feel like Babs is on the wrong side of some of these arguments. Um, like, whereas, you know, in Nightwing, we're seeing him kind of realizing that people who are super villains aren't super villains forever. Um, and maybe we should forgive everyone and move on guys. In this, Barbara Gordon stops a girl doing a perfectly legal job because she used to be some super villain called Magpie. Anyway, I am still going to read this. Cuck. Cuck. <laughs> Such a cuck. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman, issue 17 by Greg Rucker and Liam Sharp. Holy cu- moly, what a cover. I know, brilliant cover. Such a brilliant <laughs> cover and heartbreaking. Yes, uh, this one is the kind of present day Wonder Woman arc that they're doing in the uh, the odd issues. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I can't believe we're up to issue 17 of all these rebirth books already. I know, it's crazy. Um, oh but God, again, I feel so old. I, enjoy this double shipping. I can't believe, I can't believe we're, I can't believe like we're 17, four, 17 fortnights old. <laughs> Um, um, one thing I just wanted to say quickly is that holy moly, Liam Sharp is such an incredible talent. I can't believe he doesn't do more work on superhero comics, and he has done such an incredible job of every Amazon is different, and the women have different body types, and women are allowed to look old and gross and big and muscular and different, mm-hmm. and it's the best, and I love it. There's a brilliant scene in which uh, um, Diana, Wonder Woman, is uh, in like a... In a hospital, she's kind of forgotten that she's Wonder Woman because she's lost her connection to Themyscira, and she starts like basically doing shadow puppets with her hands on the wall, mm. and this snake bite on her on her arm, which on her wrist, which has been featured since the beginning of this run, uh, kind of starts speaking to her. But before we do that, we see her like mangle her hand so it looks like this tree that's mm. featured in her story as well. I really loved that, those panels. And then she has this like trippy sequence in which she talks to the the snake that bit her that emerges from her wrist. Um, and plus, we also get some great stuff with uh, Ferdinand. The, 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 yeah, uh, I was right. It was Ferdinand. The Minotaur. Um, yeah, it was, this is a great issue. And of course, also dealt with the heartbreak of um, 
uh, Cheetah becoming Cheetah again oh, to save yeah. her friend Wonder Woman. Very, very sad. And beautiful, beautiful, beautiful colours by Laura Martin. Yes. Really, like... Um, yeah, really incredible job on that. It baffles me that this isn't like, you know, I think everyone that listens to this show kind of counts this as their favorite rebirth book. Um, yeah. but, uh, the greater, greater public and other podcasts I listen to that don't even read this anymore. I don't even listen to any other podcasts. Like my opinion, all. my opinion is the only one I care about. Don't you listen to a certain NBA podcast? Oh, my favorite NBA podcast called, um, <laughs> what's it called? Courtside podcast <laughs> by everyone's favorite cranky dad. Wayne. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jim. <laughs> Look, we got a lot of, a lot of, lot of cranky dads at King's Comics. I call them the sad dad club. Like, I'm the, I'm, I've been cranky all episode, and I'm easily the least cranky dad <laughs> under this roof right now. <laughs> um, but having said that, let's talk about Marvel Comics this week. Hey. <laughs> let's start with the good. Yeah. Let's okay. start with the good. Okay. Rocket Raccoon, issue three by uh, Matt Rosenberg and uh, Jorge Coelho. God, there's no, like, this book has no excuse for being this good. It is so good. It's this one. In, this issue in particular was yeah. just like absolutely stand out. Made me laugh as much as a uh, Ryan North written comic. Absolutely. Um, it's really unfortunate this book is going to be rebooted as Rocket with a new creative team. I think oh. Jerry Duggan or someone decent is doing it, so it's fine. That's but fine. Uh, uh, this is such a good run, um, and hopefully, it'll just be this great little mini series. Uh, not only is there a fantastic Rocket Raccoon in this, there's also a really very funny. Craven the Hunter. Absolutely. I love that he's just exclusively a funny character, funny character now. <laughs> There's like, how can he not be totally hilarious? He is a totally hilarious character. Even when he's serious, he is ludicrously funny. Um, yeah. Ridiculously funny. So um, fun. This is like, I like, uh, this is just one of those comics that it shouldn't be as good as it is, but it's just, they've managed, um, Rosenberg has managed to really capture a totally non-irritating version of Rocket Raccoon, which is harder to do than it would appear. And um, the art is so, so nice and really, really suits it. And I love it. Yeah. Great agreed. job. I love the art on this. So Absolutely. good. It's one of my, probably my, my, the, the favorite iteration of Craven I've ever seen, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. We mentioned it earlier in the, uh, in the episode, but Hulk issue three by um, Mariko Tamaki mm-hmm. and uh, Nico Leon. Uh, again, he- dealing with something so heavy, um, you know, basically anxiety that Jennifer yep. Walters um, has after being in a coma after the events of Civil War Two. Um, basically, PTSD. Absolutely, and uh, I just think this is like a just a brilliant read, a Hulk comic in which the Hulk doesn't actually like She Hulk doesn't even appear really. Yeah, it's just Jennifer Walters, and absolutely. Uh, you know, you have Hellcat trying to reconnect with her as her friend and absolutely doing the right thing. And the least irritating version of Hellcat I've read in a long time. <laughs> um, um, the art by Nico Leon is so, so good and suits this so well. Yeah. Because it's, it's not an action-heavy um, book. This is like a fairly quiet book um, with lots of great sort of lawyer slash investigative, investigative stuff. I really enjoy this. This would be... Uh, like, I mean, I still think that Charles Sewell's... Um, or Souls. Sule, remember? Sule. It's canon. Sule. God damn it. Um, his, his run on She-Hulk is probably my favorite She-Hulk story, bar none. But this is but so this is, this is a close second. This is so different. We're only three Absolutely. issues in. You know, we have, yeah. I love it. This is like, not only is she incapable of being the Hulk, but she's also incapable of being a lawyer. Yeah. You know, she's having so much trouble just leaving her apartment. She keeps I've, accidentally smashing her laptops, et yeah, cetera. Very good. Very good stuff. Um, another book I love this week, uh, Spider-Woman number 16, uh, Dennis Hopeless, uh, Veronica Fish, who is just getting better and better yeah. with every issue of hers I read. Sometimes she's doing this and slam at the same time and turning in like career best work. Absolutely. Um, you know what? Like she does simultaneously incredible action and incredible smooches. Definitely. Uh, great, great colors in this one by Rochelle Rosenberg as always. Um, uh, and, uh, 
this basically kind of turns that cliche of uh, damsel in distress on its head, yep. and we have uh, dude in distress yep. being saved by the superhero heroine that never gives up. And uh, I just think this is, you know, this is one of the, like, just like, you, you know, you'll regard Charles Soule's uh, She-Hulk run as the best She-Hulk run. This is probably my favorite Spider-Woman run yeah, of all time. That's it. It has far less competition than She-Hulk yeah. does. <laughs> um, and uh, sadly, this is going to end quite soon. But you know what? Look at it as a good thing. It's going to end in a beautiful way, a really lovely end to a, to a great run, I think. So, Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and also, this is the best version of Captain Marvel. Just like Hellcat, the best version of Hellcat was in Hulk this week. This is the best version of Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. For that sure. That we've read in a year. Absolutely. Minimum. Agreed. Including the Captain Marvel. She's only Marvel. in it for two pages, but my God. Yeah. Way she, better. She's appeared in this book quite frequently. She's, you know, at one point was Jess's best friend, but she has not been since Civil War II. Um, and, uh, there's just a yeah, just a beautiful moment, and she Absolutely. is, is likable in this. Yeah, yeah, um, which she really isn't in pretty much anything else. Yeah, very, very, very good Spider Woman. Very awesome. excellent. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur this week issue sixteen. Oh, I'm so glad you read it. Of course, this is awesome. I love that it's just become like Moon Girl introduces young people to the entire Marvel universe. Yeah, issue by issue. Uh, this is a team up between her and um, Doctor Strange on on Halloween. So there's trick or treating. There's astral plane stuff. There's a uh, shrinking devil dinosaur. Uh yep, adorable. One of the things like fuck, I love Luna Lunella. She's such a solid, brilliant character, and because we see everything so much from her perspective, we almost haven't really just in the background. We start to see the like swell of support that she's receiving from her peers, which she still feels like she still feels unappreciated, and like no one understands how like smart she is and no one appreciates it but her classmates are dressing up as her and devil dinosaur for halloween yeah and they see her on the street and they're like it's the real lunella this is sick i believe they say it's really the real lunella for lafayette <laughs> yeah like it's the best like it's so i love this book so much and there's this weird stuff going on with like um like dr doom bots yep um and uh it looks like the next issue is going to be her kind of hanging out with the x-men for the first time brilliant uh, i love that it doesn't seem to tie into ivx at all which is great thank goodness <laughs> uh but yeah and also god i love um uh what's his name um Montclair's art on this yeah, is so, really, really so good. Yeah, really, beautiful. Does a great Doctor Strange. Oh, sorry. No, my, my bad. It's uh, Nat- Natasha Bustos. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. With uh, yeah. Colors by Tamara Bonvian. So, so great. You reckon it's Bonvian or Bon Villain? I don't know. I would say Bonvian. Okay. I love I love them both. And the, the X-Men that they've chosen to appear in the um, next issue are like the best X-Men. It's Nightcrawler, Forge, Storm, Colossus, and Wolverine. Brilliant. No, Old Man Logan. I know, but I hate calling him that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, another great issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Haven't complained about anything yet. Still this is going so well. Uh, we love comics. The Uncanny Avengers issue number twenty by Jerry Duggan and Pepe Larraz. What um, a fun, what a fun issue, and what a fun name to say, Pepe Larraz. Yep. Um, and this just continues to be like just a really solid Avengers book. Yeah. That kind of gets forgotten because I feel like it doesn't really tie in. Actually, this is definitely tying into the lead into Secret Empire. But because um, you have Red Skull featuring prominently in it, but it kind of like I don't know, it just seems to kind of exist on its own outside of all the other. You know, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel like a champion's tie-in, or which is why it's so. Yeah, good. I know. It's definitely it. It reminds me of what the Un- Uncanny Avengers was when it started, when with Remender telling that amazing. You know, those first twelve issues of that was so good. Yeah, absolutely. And this like this uh, this. Uh, issue is mostly a kind of Spider-Man Deadpool team up, mm-hmm. and I got distracted then because I just laughed at um, again at my favorite um, joke in the whole thing where Deadpool goes, "I there's two women standing in front of me, and I have a plan for each of them, and <laughs> and it's, his plan is just to punch punch her in the face." Yeah, he goes, "I didn't say it was a good plan. It was very funny, like really really well timed moment." 
yeah. really funny. Um, the art's great. I love this. Yeah, and this follows, um, again, follows Remenda as uh, Derry Duggan is definitely someone that knows how to write good Deadpool that doesn't annoy you in a team Yes, book. yes, absolutely. And, like, the team-up of Deadpool and Spider-Man can be extremely irritating, and he does a great job of balancing them. Definitely. It looks like the next issue we get um, a kind of uh, Cable versus Red Skull, and the cover has been drawn yes. by Andy Adam Kubert, and it looks so crazy and good. But how good is that cover? That is the most bonkers Red Skull of all time. That's great. I hope the whole she looks like that. Yeah, I would love that. So good. Uh, so yeah, More those, cable. Yes, please. Um, now, now we begin the, the downward slope. Feel free to uh, interject with uh, oh comics you, you enjoyed at some point. Uh, Occupy Avengers. By, I can't believe um, you think that's a downward slope. I think this book is so good. David Walker, Char- Carlos Pacheco. I guess I just got really sick this week of, um, uh, of first-person narration. Um, David Walker generally doesn't do that in his books, and... Uh, this one is kind of narrated by uh, Deadly Nightshade, who joins the Avengers team. She's been uh, um, almost the sidekick to um, to Nighthawk since the beginning of David Walker's Nighthawk run. Yeah, but I loved it because I don't actually know that much about her. That's it, true. Because we, we know her mostly from the Nighthawk run, it was so cool to see inside her head a little bit. And I was like, I, I genuinely didn't expect for her to join the team and for Nighthawk to not. Yeah. And I think that was like... a fucking cool move and I really enjoyed it. And this was <laughs> such a fun, silly life model decoy um, story. Uh, yeah, I uh, my problem was I didn't really. I was never actually aware of what they were fighting exactly. Oh, just a just a threat. <laughs> I don't really know either. But that was very clear in all the other issues of this. This wasn't a bad issue. I just you know what didn't. It's it's not what I want from David Walker, who I hold in such high regard only after reading like two series. But that he's done, you know. But see, I think I think he's doing such a killer job of putting all the things that he likes working with in this book That's and making true. it making it a thousand times better than it has any right to be. Yep. Like it is called Occupy Avengers, <laughs> and that should automatically make me hate it. And I I love this book. I think it's so good. I had a. a cookbook out a few years ago and they forced me to call it dude food do you reckon david walker had a similar experience with this book? <laughs> is this his Maybe, dude food perhaps <laughs> um don't look for that one on, on amazon don't give my publisher it's money. got some really good recipes in it i uh, just ask uh, we have two e- copies at home email uh, email me oh, have you got dude food and diner oh no original? we have diner just we have diner twice diner. oh wow yeah. oh yeah cool you signed a copy for me and it was like the first time we'd ever met <laughs> and it was just a joke about how hard my name is to spell great classic classic and, and that, that joke continues every episode <laughs> Shibon. Shinbone. <laughs> Shinbone. Someone called me Shinbone in his email best. once. It's the best. <laughs> uh, Captain America, issue 12. Steve Rogers, that is. Great uh, cover. Great cover. I They're love good. covers with, um, like, uh, speech bubbles on them. Yep. So this cover is Taskmaster, and it just says, I know your secret, Captain America. You know how I said I don't like first-person narration? Go on. This has three of them. <laughs> so you have the first-person narration bubbles of Steve Rogers, yep. of um, Heinrich, whatever the hell his name is. It's definitely not Heinrich. It's uh, Helmut. Hilm- no. no, not Helmut. What's the... Um, Solvig. Uh, oh, Eric, Eric. Eric Solvig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. And Maria Hill. Yes. Um, and this, the story... Like, the lead into Secret Empire is pretty cool. There's some cool twists and turns. He's bringing back a lot of ideas from the start of his run. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like it's so overwritten. Um, and uh, I think I think it, it sort of feels like this has had to be sped up because now we're getting a Captain America book a week. And it feels like he's having to squish a lot of plot into a um, much shorter period of time than he was prepared for. So, so it is a bit. It is a bit... Uh, there's a lot going on in this issue, but I re- I, I'm still enjoying it. I read this after I read Nick Spencer's other book that came out this week, The Fix, number eight, um, oh, yeah. which I stuck with, and I'm so glad I did because this was probably the best issue from yeah. that run so far. And it is just 
like there's it's not, it's it's per- there's a perfect amount of dialogue in that what was once a very dialogue heavy book it's it's a very well balanced book and this doesn't didn't feel balanced at all like it's it's crazy that a that a rushed book actually tends to have more comic more more writing yeah. than 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 a, than a book that hasn't been rushed you don't have enough time to like refine it i guess yeah, i'm exactly. i'm still i'm still way enjoying this book i think that secret empire is going to be if nick spencer is allowed to like have space to do it i think it could be a really really cool interesting um event mm-hmm. and I, I i still like this cool good for you man thanks man good for you shinbone um <laughs> the mighty captain marvel oh, number goodness. two uh by I'm surprised uh, you read this. margaret stoll I, I just wanted to give it a chance one more yeah. chance because i i do love the character of captain marvel even but they just keep fucking just hitting her with a bus zero feelings about the character of captain marvel i don't know what she's supposed to be what is she tough Tough army lady. She, I I mean, guess. Also, and also, she has like now has super, Superman level powers almost. She can absorb yeah, all energy and give it back to the birds and fly. And, but also, it's like just in waste. I don't know. Written by Margaret Stoll. <laughs> great art on this by Ramon, Ramon Rosanis. Um, but um, I enjoyed this issue more than the first issue. But it's still like, I just don't care. I know. And That's I want to care about this character. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, reading this after reading Mariko Tamaki's books and after reading um, Slam, like, mm-hmm. I want those characters to be given this super powerful superhero and and give her the depth she deserves, yeah. not just like oh she's just trying to do the best she can and she's such a good person everybody and yeah. look at all these you know this, this stupid real, um, television show they're making about her is such a dumb de- plot device. Yeah, so it is annoying. I think I'm gonna I don't want to complain about this book and every week. Poor so usage gonna, of Abigail Brand. Yes, yes, which one is one a, my faves. A, a felony. I love um, Abigail Brand. So, yeah, I'm going to drop this book because I don't like complaining about it every That week. was one of my favorite superhero couples, Abigail Brand and Beast. Yes, totally. so good. Was he introduced by – is he a um, – uh, he was introduced in uh, Astonishing X-Men by um, – what's his name? Who was? Um, Abigail Brand. Was, uh. she, was, she, was she made up by Joss Whedon? Possibly. I don't know. Maybe not. Let no us know. Clue. Serious issues at kingscomics.com. Be as mean as you like. <laughs> Tell us that we're cucks. <laughs> um, infamous Iron Man, number five by Bendis and Alex Maleev. Um, not hating this. So um, I don't know why it's towards the end of this. Maybe just saying the word Bendis makes my blood boil. But uh, are you reading this still? Nah, I've nah. never read this. Really? I have no interest in this book. Uh, well, I just love Doctor Doom's one of my favorite characters. And Same. I don't know why I want to see him do good. But uh, the interesting thing is they've brought his mother back, but it doesn't feel terrible. Okay. So... Yeah, and they've, they've... Wow, Bendis has put a lot of mums in comics recently. Yeah, I mean, he is making an effort to kind of have better representation in his books. That's and true. have better voices. Um, Bendis loves mums. Yeah. Um, Maria Hill is still uh, like the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this book, so I don't know how many months behind the rest of Marvel it is, but whatever. He almost, his books almost exist in a, like a semi-Bendis verse. Yeah. Until he writes a big event that everything has to tie into, <laughs> um, which is every year. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm beginning to enjoy this iteration of... Uh, not Doctor Doom, but of Iron Man. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. I read so many more comics than you this week. Uh, cool, I would man. just like, I would just like. Yeah, you, yeah, you read bra- way more Marvel <laughs> at the very least. She made hers Marvel, everybody. Uh, Inhumans versus X Men. Uh, not hating it. Still, I am annoyed that they did not give. Um, uh, what's his name? He doesn't even get credited at the start of this. Um, uh, What's his goddamn name? Grant Morrison invented him. Uh, he is called Phantom X. Oh, yeah. Phantom X gets taken down really easily by Karnak. I like. I love both those characters, but yeah. Phantom X gets, gets the, the short straw yeah. too often. He, he should be one of the best characters there is. Totally. Um, but uh, that's, all, that's my only complaint for this book. For the most part, this event is actually kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I think that the, um, the Gorgon, is that his name? Gorgon? Yep. Um, Colossus fight was pretty excellent. 
that was pretty funny. Yeah. I enjoyed that. There are some good there are some good fights here. And um young Cyclops knows that Emma Frost tricked everybody into thinking that um Black Bolt killed Cyclops. Very good plot twist. Definitely. And also it uh, looks like um Magneto is about to drop the um the X Wing onto everybody. Also great. Good on you, Magneto. Kill them all, I say. Absolutely. Start again. Start afresh, Magneto. <laughs> so those are all the Marvel books I read this all week. All right. Well, I'm just going to slam through the remainder of what I read very, very quickly. Very quick reviews. Black Panther, issue um, 11 by Tanisha Coates and Chris Sprouse. Is his name Chris? Tanisha Coates. Is that what I said? Kinda slam easy? through it. Slam Whatever. through it. Um, this kind Shin of... Burn. I, Shin this- burn. <laughs> Oh my god, it's such a complicated <laughs> comic. I don't know if I can slam through it. But this basically ties up. Um, this is kind of the end of the last, like, this arc. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, I, you really need to it, catch up on It'll be the this. first one I read. This I've, is, I've like, the one, big one battle. Yeah. And I'm, I, hope, I hope he gets to write this series for a really long time because he is building up for such an interesting, like, compelling future for Wakanda in a way that I'd never thought I would find interesting and compelling in a superhero comic book. And it's totally brilliant and I totally love it. Yeah, keep going forever. Mosaic issue five by Jeffrey Thorne and artist um, Carrie Carrie Randolph and Thorne Tony. Oh, good God, Tony Silas. Has this got one issue left? I think it's only got one issue left, and I'm kind of bummed because I like this character, and I'm pleased to see that he's being used in the rest of the Marvel universe. He's quite jumping in everybody. He's in IVX. He jumped in in Storm. He's basically Jericho, but he also plays basketball. What's <laughs> not to love? I love everything about that. Um, this is really good. It has him confronting his dad, who's a bigger jerk than we ever imagined, and signed his whole life away, and is a big evil jerk. And the next issue has a great cover by Mike Del Mundo, and I'm really into oh, it. Oh man, it looks great. I like this book. The Mundo covers are the best. Absolutely. Um, also, issue Thor of Jeff Lemire and Mike Diodato's Thanos. This is mostly about Thane and where we um like what what happened to Thane between the sort of two times that we saw him. Thane is Thanos' jail, son. Oh yeah, he's Thanos' son, um, and he's a big wimp who's like, I want to kill my daddy. Um, and then we see why he wants to kill his daddy, and it's because death. Death is being a sexy seductress to him as well as well as his dad. I really like this. Really good. Excellent. I'll read Scarlet that today Witch. too. Issue, uh, issue. This series is going so much longer than I thought it would. I yeah. really would have thought it got cancelled by now. Not because it's bad, just it doesn't seem to be like one that heaps of people love. Um, by James Robinson, and this has art by Vanessa Del Rey. Um, this is like a kind of standalone exorcism story almost. It connects into the wider story of what's going on with um, with Wanda, and it ends with her going, "I want to rejoin the Avengers." Vision, um, and that's pretty good. I also read issue four of Ghost Rider by Philippe Smith with art by Danilo S. Beiruth. Um, this sort of continues on the way. Like, man, Philippe Smith writes a really annoying um, Amadeus Cho Hulk. We've established this. Who is a really annoying character already, but I still really, really like his Robbie um, and Robbie and his brother Gabe. I wish that this was more just focused around their adventures. At it, the, is, it is a comic called Ghost Rider, after yeah, all. Yeah, I wish it was more Ghost Rider and less um, less Hulk, but there's way more Ghost Rider in this than in the last couple of issues, and um, it's it's a much better issue for it. Thank also, you very much. only two more issues of that one, too. Disappointing. Um, I also read issue five of The Great Lakes Avengers. Going to read this tonight. Breast cover of the week, in my opinion. Big Bertha holding up a big, like stone version of a name very fun this is really fun this is also another sad one because I am pretty sure it is um, finishing soon mm-hmm. um, good little mini I don't but care. so this is like this is pretty fun it's like Big Bertha gets asked to do a modelling job which she feels very ethically complicated about because it's a weight loss pill and she's supposed to be both the before and after um, <laughs> and it ends with it looks like her agent is not on her side after all and that could be quite bad and Good Boy has decided to leave the Great Lakes Avengers with her brother 
Okay. Very funny. Very good. Great art. Really enjoyed it. Um, and then I also read issue 24 of The Amazing Spider-Man by, oh, by Dan Slott and <laughs> Christos <Shin> Gage. <laughs> and Christos Gage with art by Giuseppe Camincoli. Oh, God, it's so hard to care about this anymore. This was all about the Jackal and Ben Riley, And it looks like at the end of the Clone Conspiracy, we thought the Jackal was dead and also the Doc Ock was dead. Maybe they're not, guys. In fact, the Jackal definitely isn't. Those are our Marvel and DC books. I've got 15 more minutes until I have to run out the door, everybody. So we've got to try and review 20 image books or 20 independent books in 15 minutes. Yeah, let's we do can it. do it. We can totally do it. Um, I'm going to kick off with a book that I know you haven't read, but Excellent. I just caught up on every single Please issue of Stray Bullets by David Laffham, uh, written and drawn by David Laffham. Um, and he, uh, you know, this is a comic that's existed since the ni- uh, 90s. Is that right, Jim? Yes, uh, and uh, it, it was it went away for a long while. Um, this is issue twenty one of um, the straight of the uh, Sunshine and Roses arc, which fills in a gap between like issue five and six of the original run. He's basically written twenty something issues that fill in a gap of time. Amazing, like, and it is absolutely brilliant. It's so much more um, nuanced and crazy plot, crazily plotted than, than I, you would expect this like kind of important moment in this Stray Bullets history. It's brilliant crime. It's incredible character work. It's shocking. It's amazing. This is like one of the top five comics I've ever read in my life. And it's black and white. So suck at everyone who doesn't like black and white comics. You dummies. You're missing out on one of the best runs. Siobhan, you would absolutely love I know. I this need arc to so much. It. So I'm going to lend the, uh, the omnibus to you. Oh, yeah, please, please do. Speaking of crime, I read, read issue two of Loose Ends by Jason Latour and um, Chris Brunner with, uh, sorry, with uh, art by Colors by Rico Renzi. Uh, again, this is a re-release of uh, a book that was never finished mm-hmm. by Jason Latour and Chris Brunner years ago. Um, and uh, I love every page of this. The art is so unique. It the really story is. is engrossing and absolutely fits in that Southern Bastards, horrible, everyone sucks Southern crime Totally. World. This is a much more confusing issue than issue one. Like a lot of us at Kings were a bit like thrown by this one um, because it brings in a lot of other story threads that aren't totally explained. I think it'll probably be one that reads way better in trade. And I think it's also interesting to see how much more sophisticated Jason Latour is as a writer these days as well. Um, but this is still totally brilliant. I love every second of it. Me too. Um, again, uh, I read The Fix, number eight, by Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber, a You're book crazy. that we kind of were undecided on. Siobhan was decided that she did not like it and stopped I didn't like it. it. Uh, but uh, this this story tells... Uh, this issue tells a story of... Uh, of um, Pretzels, the dog, uh, who kind of developed an attachment to one of our main characters, and uh, it's uh, it's it's sad, it's moving, and um, it moves all of the the plot along really nicely. Steve Lieber is is a, a dream. Uh, he's such a great cartoonist, and um, I, this is probably my favorite issue of this series so far. Nice, cool. Curse words number two. Siobhan, go. Really enjoyed this. Cool. I think it. Um, I think it's really funny the way that he, yeah, great Savage Dragon cover. A thanks, Jim. Um, really develops the world. I think this is an invincible cover. Oh yeah, sorry, invincible cover. <laughs> Last issue had a Savage Dragon cover. Right. Um, you know, this builds up both worlds really, really well. The sort of current world that um, our hero is living in. And the fact that he just shrinks down a bunch of people so that he doesn't have to deal with their criticism for the moment. I thought that was really funny. I think we find out a little bit more about the world that he's come from. And I think they did a really good job of that. And I like um, him sort of developing a conscience and seeing that play out. And I think it's really good. This is a, this book's a bit too wacky for me. Oh, yeah. I'm I still like, enjoying it. I like it, the level of wackiness. It's very wacky. It's, 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 it's way more Ryan Brown than it is Charles Sewell. Yeah, me. absolutely. Charles yeah. Sewell. 
It's very silly. It's a silly book. Silly Sully. I love a good silly book. Black Road number seven. Please tell me you're still reading this. Yeah, series. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This issue Keeps was great. a fucking stellar issue. Uh, Brian Wood, Gary Brown, uh, like. Hard to explain the plot too far now because in seven issues they've done a lot. They've introduced characters. They've Vikings taken away characters. Christians. That's right. And uh, basically the uh, the main point of this story is the Christians have the sword that apparently pierced Jesus' side when he was on the crucifix. Didn't even think it was a sword, fellas. I think uh, you might be misled on this one. Uh, and, uh, man, it is it is just so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, good, so guys. good. Definitely. Um, it's dark. The characters are like, you know... Grim, but really likable. And yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The moments of violence in this are, are truly awful, but it, yep. it's brilliant. Really, absolutely. really great book. Moonshine, number five, Brian Azzarello, Eduardo Riso. Still don't love this book. Still oh, don't see, really see its point, but I, I love really, the art so goddamn much. I really enjoyed this issue. And it is definitely like, you know, Rizzo is just knocking it out of the park every single issue. And this is so fun. And he, draws, to, he draws cool boobs. It's, cool. He draws cool boobs, guys. He really does. And cool dicks. Absolutely, there's a lot Ladies. of dicks in this book. Um, and he's not my favorite dick drawer. Um, Who is? But probably Fiona Staples. Okay. She draws a good dick. Um, but this is definitely becoming more werewolfy as we go along, and I think it's about to go into full blown werewolf madness, and I'm into it. I mean, the main character is a werewolf, right? Yeah, like we got to assume. Yeah, cool. All right, <laughs> Descender number nineteen. Are you still reading this book? No. Man, it's, I know, uh, I need it's, to. it's really, really good. I, know, uh, I just uh, dropped off at like issue three and I really need to catch up. Jeff Lemire and um, uh, Dustin Nguyen. Basically uh, doing Astro Boy, right? Yeah, pretty much. But it's like, you know, there's so many characters. There's mm. so many threads. There's betrayal. There's death. There's lots and lots of robots. Uh, this this <laughs> book is as good as it's ever been. And we're 19 issues in and there's no sign of it ever stopping. So, hooray. We also get some uh, written and drawn by Jeff Lemire book coming out soon. Yay. Royal City comes out next week, which is super exciting. I love so Jeff keen, Lemire guys. when he draws his own stuff so much more it's than when he doesn't. Huge. I love it. Um, I also read, I read a couple more image books. Um, I read issue 10 of Marjorie Liu and Sana Taka- Takeda's um, Monstrous. This is another book that's really hard to explain and it's crazy because it's only at issue 10 and they have managed to pack in such a huge amount of world building and character development and everything into this. And it is totally, totally brilliant. And I cannot recommend it highly enough. If you love really high concept, beautiful, lush fantasy um, with some anthropomorphic animals and scary monsters and this issue, it gets really, really intense and really heavy. And it's like, it, it looks so beautiful and you expect it to be almost lighthearted, but every issue is like a gut punch and it's totally brilliant. Yeah, and I, I don't know it. why I haven't read this. It's, yeah, you it's would really ridiculous. enjoy it. It's okay. real good. I'll, I'll, I'll try and catch up Heaps this week. great. Um, I also read, I read issue two of The Few, which you really didn't enjoy the first issue of. And the first issue was really hard to read. This is kind of post-apocalyptic. Um, I like the East east of West cover. Yeah, yeah. It's got an East of this West image um, cover. Yeah, really fun. But um, issue two does a great job of expanding the universe um, and making things much, much easier to understand. And I really enjoyed it. Helpful. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's still very sketchy art, but I... I'm keen to see where this goes and I'm, I'm excited that it's, it's, you know, unveiling everything as it goes along. Cool. Oh, I also read, sorry, just really quickly. I also read the final issue of Revival. Oh my which God, is how can huge. you even do this justice in, in <laughs> 10 seconds? Yeah, I like, I really, really, really can't because this is, series has been going for a really long time. I think this is issue 47. Um, 
Did it was a good really finale? satisfying fin- yeah, finale. Beautiful. Like uh, you know, Tim Seeley is feels very very strongly and like very close to these characters, and I think he did a brilliant job at sending it off. Well, you know what? There's nothing more satisfying than reading an entire complete run in one Absolutely. sitting, and that is exactly what I'm going to do. Very, That's going to be a heaps fun one to read. Uh, Divinity over to uh, Valiant right now, which was uh, created by Jim Shooter. Did you know? There Sh- you go. Chinbone. Uh, Divinity number three, Stalin verse, written by Matt Kemp with art by Trevor Hairsign, David Barron, and Ryan Wynn. Uh, this was an amazing issue. This yep. is the best one of my favorite things that comes out each month absolutely uh, basically the 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 world has been reinvented with russia in in the main main like the you know they're the main powerful country of the yep. world um they rule it in fact absolutely uh and uh the, the, we have um ninjak trying to uh basically return the world to the way it was by using divinity um there are cosmonauts and mm-hmm. it's fucking great it's just it's the best. so good guys it's really good. And I genuinely, like, even though I, they'd been hinting at this sort of twist that comes at the end, I still was not expecting it. I, I'm such a dummy. I'm so always wrapped up in things that I never see things coming. But I was like, oh, huge. That's yeah, amazing. That was brilliant. And, yeah. and also, what the hell are they going to do now? I know. So, really good. Is Loved it. F- it. It's only four issues, this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. Fucking brilliant. Well, Matkin's well, real good. I wonder if they're just going to leave it with Stalinverse being the power. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, over to Boom now, Boom Box. Uh, I read the backstages uh, in issue seven of eight. So there's one more issue of this amazing comic by James Dean in the fourth and Ryan Sy left. It's just this super queer, super crazy comic about a bunch of kids that um, run the backstage of the theater department and there's all kinds of mystical magic stuff backstage. <clears throat> and uh, it's now a threat to the entire world. Uh, and and the uh, the actors have taken over, and it's just the best. And this has the most fantastic like Avengers assemble moment at the end of uh, this issue. So it looks like it's going to go out in such a fantastic way. I'd recommend this comic to absolutely everybody. Awesome. Yeah, you should definitely read it when the trade comes yeah, out. Yeah, I will. Um, I also read Slam uh, by Pamela Ribbon and Veronica Fish. Um, God, I love Veronica Fish. It's the best. Um, I really, really enjoy this uh, issue, uh, this series, but I should say that after four issues, I have no fucking idea how, how, um, uh, what, what sport do they play again? Um, what's it called? The, oh, uh, roller derby? Roller derby. I have no idea how it works. You just punch people, right? You just skate around in circles and punch people. And right, then cool. I was if like, you're the last com- one standing, I think you win. I think uh, that's okay, how it actually is. At this point, in, in, in the comic I was looking at, I was like, where's the ball? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's a great comic. It's about friendship, guys. It's not about sport. Don't be scared. As most as most sports comics are, they're actually about friendship. And as most sport is. If you watch the NBA with just, it's all about friendship, it's actually way more engaging. Whatever. I read more sports comics than you. You don't even read the wrestling comic, which is clearly about friendship. It really um, is. Motro over from Oni Press. Ooh. Pretty much my favorite comic every single month that it's comes so- out. It's so... It's so great. Ulysses Farinas, Eric Freitas, and Ryan Hill. It is absolutely batshit insane. But it makes so much sense that that team will be working on Judge Dredd. (laughs) It's just like the the so high concept and weird, but also has so much heart to it. And you feel the pains of the characters as they make these difficult kind of decisions. And there's this awful fate that awaits them. And I just love every single panel of this comic. You should fucking read it, dear listener. Yeah, it's really good, guys. Yep. Excellent. Another book that you should really fucking read is um, <laughs> Size Spurrier and Connor Boyle's Hook Jaw, which I love about a big fucking hook, shark. A big fucking shark with a big harpoon through its face. So the if, if you make ever. us review quickly, we're just going to swear more. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry this, was, this was amazing too because it uh, there's so many layers of story yeah. going on. There's so many characters. There's so many it's like, so much more than tough just a decisions shark, to make. And then th- at the heart of it is a big shark with a hook on his jaw that eats the hell out of people. Yeah. 
He doesn't care if you're a pirate. He doesn't care if you're a marine. He doesn't care if you're a researcher. He doesn't care if you're even another shark. He's going to eat you. Um, So that was great. Um, And uh, over to IDW now, The October Faction, Deadly Season, number five by Steve Niles, Damien Worm. Everyone should read this. It's a breeze to read. It looks beautiful. And there's all kinds of cool monsters in it and some great fighting and a real fun cast of characters. Spooky, scary horror comics. Yep. And when this when this run finishes, I'm going to go back to the beginning and read it again because I love it so much. Wow. You're crazy. Uh, finally, I read Jughead issue 13 by nice. R- Ryan North and Derek Charm. I think it's the penultimate issue that these two are working on together. Um, I always sing the praises of Ryan North and I absolutely should because this, this comic made me laugh more than any issue he's done so he's far. He's so funny. My only criticism, and it is a Uh-oh. slight one, is that I kind of wish that there was slightly like all Ryan North characters have a Ryan North voice he's one of those sort of writers and that's totally fine but I just wish that there was slightly more difference between Archie and Jughead okay sure but um, other than that, hilarious, totally brilliant. I love that they are there are like basically they they choose like decals that they can put on all their instruments, and the choices are Josie and the Pussycats, Josie and the Secret Pussycats, the other Pussycats you don't know about, <laughs> uh, Melody and her literal cats who play cat-sized instruments, and, and the Reggies. <laughs> See, that's even even just that one panel is a better Josie and the Pussycats comic than yeah. the one that's coming out at the moment. <laughs> um, but I will say. Um, on, on, on the good side of things that Derek Charm is easily my favorite um, after Fiona Staples my, yeah. he's my favorite new Archie artist and totally I wish brilliant. he would just stick around um, uh, what, 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 no matter who writes this next mm-hmm. um, apparently Mark, Mark Wade is taking over this title which Crazy. I have weird thoughts about because he's already doing a fine job in Archie but I like Jughead being the funny one and he's not that yeah. funny um, but the worst thing about this book and all Archie books at the moment and you know we haven't really ragged on Riverdale too much on this show yeah. the uh, TV series based on the Archie comics on uh, CW but we don't get the amazing classic Archie backup comics anymore yeah. we just get shitty guides to the dumb characters in the stupid CW show anyway. that's what we think of it basically You're, that's my review of Jughead bring back the classic stuff my absolutely. friends absolutely agreed or just go out and buy the classic stuff and just read it a million times because it's really funny um, my final one and on a totally totally different note um, I the clean room is back um, Gail Simone's horrifying, horrifying, horrifying comic that continues to be more and more horrifying. And I can't even go into it because it's so complicated and weird. But things are getting even worse than you possibly could have imagined in this series. And it's really good. Amazing. Those are our reviews for the week. Uh, coming out next week is like 14 new number ones. Holy moly. Uh, including the uh, America Chavez number one. Yay. It's going to be very great. Um, we're getting also a, a book called America Karate. Yes, um, Americarati, I think, Amer- I think you'll find. Karate, I fucked it up. Um, Animal Noir, number one. Uh, another book called Brave Chief Banana, number Bra- one. What is um, that? I don't know. Co- what is that? Brave Chef Brianna. Oh, bra- <laughs> Brave Chef Brianna? Yes. Isn't it called Brave Chief Banana? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is now. <laughs> And I ne- want to read both of those comics. Next week is next week's episode is called Brave Chief Banana. <laughs> Cuz while that was funny it's still nowhere near as funny as Penguin's illegitimate son being a cuck. Um, uh, I also have to read my first ever I- issue of Rat Queens which is something I never oh, done goodness. before. Oh uh, goodness. and uh, look there's a whole is it stuff of legend uh, returns next week too. Oh my good god. So much good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. We did it Siobhan. High oh, five for you. Yes, holy moly. Shin Bone. Um, Shin and we'll bone, see you next Shin week. Bone. Find us online at Siobhan at, at ShinboneCVG <laughs> at Lev dog at serious underscore underscore issues facebook.com slash serious issues podcast and serious issues at kingscomics.com see you next week goodbye everyone we love hey this is levens thanks so much for listening to serious issues if you're not completely sick of my voice by now why don't you check out one of my other podcasts 
One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.